What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Single Player Experience Podcast. You already heard the little jingle me and Al were singing just now because it is time for our Spider-Man recap. We're gearing up for Spider-Man 2, one of the biggest games of the year, especially if your PlayStation is the biggest game of the year. Yeah, you know, The I only think, thing you get from them yeah, <laughs> this from year. Them, <laughs> yeah, from first party PlayStation. So, you know, we thought, in, in like just like we did with Jedi um, Survivor and Jedi Fallen Order, we were going to recap the previous entries talk about what we liked about them what we don't like about them do they still hold up in you know 2023 and kind of talk about a little bit of like some of our best things we liked about them some of the things we don't you know, and we're going to talk about some of the excitement that we do have coming up for spider-man 2023 aka spider-man 2 um before we do that we do have some listener questions we're going to go through those and you know as we go as we um talk about the the plots of, of both games but before we do i gotta introduce my Miles morales ladies and gentlemen joining me again he is the amazing one the spectacular one the sensational alejandro segovia Al, how are you doing today? Doing great, my fellow Peter Parker. You know, it's, like, it's kind of like gender flipped. It's like gender flipped right now. But yeah. here's like the irony because I'm Latino, so it's yeah. like so the Miles Morales, one side of the Miles Morales equation does like apply apply to me. But yeah, I'm happy to be here to be able to talk about this really fun franchise. So yeah. So before we begin, but like, what's your history with Spider-Man? Are you like so, you've always been a fan? Yes, uh, I've had my ups and flows of like when I had a peak with like when I really loved Spider-Man. Like my love for Spider-Man started with the, all the way to the PS One with the original Never oh. Stop uh, PlayStation One Spider-Man game. Is like so for so many people that were kids back then. It's like that was like such an impressive introduction for me that introduced me to so many different elements of the character, including Black Cat, Venom. Uh, Doc Ock, Carnage, Rhino, Scorpion. It's like, it's a, that game really hit everything. It was a fun memory of seeing my dad play through it. I actually finished the game before he did. That was one of the first times in my youth that I was able to beat something before he finished it. It's like so many fun memories and uh, how that initially then don't tell me to finding out about the old 1967 cartoon, the Spider-Man and the Amazing Friends, the Fox Kids, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Spider so like the, the, the Fox Kids cartoon. Uh, then like I feel the peak of my fandom was the uh, the Raimi trilogy. So oh, the, okay. the 2002, 2004 to 2007. So much of a peak that I convinced myself for so many years that Spider-Man 3 was good. Just for people that don't know. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and, so, and then after after that moment, after those highs, and then uh, when Andrew Gar the Andrew Garfield uh, reboot happened, I started kind of like losing interest because everything was feeling very by the numbers for me. Mm -hmm. uh, even even kind of like in the games, but that's something that I don't have to go. I played literally every Spider-Man game <laughs> in, in modern here. times, like from PS1 going forward. So it's like, at least I know a lot about the character and that to me is a benefit and a detriment for me. Like how much I feel like I've seen it, I've seen it all or haven't. But yeah, I like Spider-Man a lot. It's just, I mean, my peak was definitely 2002 to 2007. So. Okay, I think my my excitement was the opposite but my history is pretty much the exact same mm -hmm. i also played um spider-man on playstation one i also well it depended on what platform you had that was also mm -hmm. on nintendo 64. 64 yeah, yeah the worst but... version the, the worst version wasn't in 64 because it had no cutscenes. it was just like uh that's it, crazy it, it's still because it was a cd the difference between a cartridge and the cd 
Like no, the CD had like crazy. the bo more voices and all that. The cartridge was so limited. So that, that is crazy. I've I played a lot of um I, I played that game on PlayStation One. Really enjoyed it. What mm -hmm. was probably before Arkham the Arkham games was probably my favorite superhero game of all time uh, yeah. outside of like X Men Legends and and all that. And specifically, why the Raimi trilogy time was at my peak? When you mm -hmm. think about like the games that came out there, uh, the movie time for the first game, excellent. I love that, which was basically mm -hmm. a more modern version of the PS1 Spider-Man game. Same mechanics, same style of combat, but looking better and following and following loosely the plot of the movie. No one can deny the impact of Spider-Man 2. The first open world game outside <laughs> yeah. GTA. Mm -hmm. And many people's first open world game, if you were young, and, oh, you yeah. and, you and you couldn't get GTA because of the M rating and you were like a kiddo. I was mm -hmm. 10 when Spider-Man took him and how mind-blowing it was of like, you've seen him like this character that can web swing through all the different buildings and like, uh, and gi giving you free insane amounts of freedom when you're used to just like a linear path. It was like, that game was like a, a, a massive shift. And then, Ultimate really and then Ultimate Spider-Man immediately after. Like yeah. taking that, but applying like the comic book style. One of the few first games outside of like something like wind waker of like you're playing like a cartoon to life like with the almost at the time perfect visuals of that is like that th that's like that aided my excitement for spider-man around that time it's that's like, so crazy man how like how back then that felt like it was niching like mixture graphics it mm -hmm. felt like it was real yeah. but have uh, you yeah. seen how that game looked especially the spider-man oh, 2 oh it's rough <laughs> oh, absolutely yeah. rough yeah. but but yeah, um, my excitement, like, so back in the day, I really loved, really enjoyed the, the Spider-Man games. Um, I was a little bit on the opposite of you as mm -hmm. far as the movies go. Like, I, as a kid, I really liked the, the Tobey Maguire movies. Mm -hmm. I don't like those movies now. I don't, I don't like them at all. I like the first one the most nowadays. Oh. Two, mm -hmm. the one that everyone was like, one of the best superhero movies of all time. I've lost Luster on, especially mm -hmm. because... I feel a certain game does kind of like the plot of that a little better. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about that. And then obviously Spider-Man 3, which are like the roast into glasses removed. I was like, yeah, this, I can only enjoy this as like a so bad it's good comedy. Like that's the only time that I can like enjoy that third movie now. Uh, yeah. And, and, and then like, uh, it's just more like the age. It's like, it's yeah. that they definitely have aged not as gracefully. I know there's some people that really stand. Spider-Man oh, 2 yeah. because I feel like the highs of that movie are still really high. I feel like that the Spider-Man versus Doc Ock like moments, like those fights, mm -hmm. I feel those are like the elements that still hold up. Like the Parker misery of that movie, it's a little too overbearing because it's like Mr. Yeah, we know that Parker luck is a thing, but the way they portray it is like that's misery of its own making instead of like just the Parker luck and that it just makes it a depressing slog in between like the highs. So that's why like, 2 is just not as enjoyable anymore for me. So i'm gonna tell you like the there's a couple of things before we dive into the, mm -hmm. dive into the games here a couple of things i don't like about the spider-man trilogy first of all all of those kids don't, don't look, look like, like kids. kids yeah they look <laughs> like they were about 40 years old like they got their retirement fund already taken uh -huh. care of they look like everything about them does not look like kids i cannot stand that aspect of it but like yeah. i also don't like aunt may in those movies like Aunt May was she's okay. Extra. Yeah, she's okay. Uh, she she was just very uh, by the numbers. Is it like what you would know of Aunt May from like other mediums? So it's like yeah, she like Rosemary Harris, the actress. Is like she she's like she was a sweet she was just a sweet grandma. Yeah. I like I like when she like smacks the crap out of uh, 
Doctor Octopus with their with, with, with the with, with the with, their, umbre- with their umbrella. Oh, umbrella! Yeah, that's what it was. I, you know, like yeah. uh, I know I'm not I'm not a big Aunt May fan in that in those movies, but like especially when the Goblin in the first one goes through the house, and he's just like yeah. finish it. Finish and she's it. like, <laughs> but it deliver us from evil. Yeah. But that's I think that the thing that I enjoy the most about that first movie is that it's so unpretentious about what it is. It's such a movie from its time. And oh, yeah. looked and looked and looked at it like like that. It's so entertaining. It's the one out of those three that flies when you like when, when you look back to it. And it and it boils like at least it gets the essentials, at least the basic essentials of the of the character right. That's why like, the first one is my favorite of those three. So I'm a Tom Holland Spider Man guy. If I'm being honest with you, I love those. I love that trilogy yeah. a lot. I like Tom Holland as Spider Man. Mm-hmm. I am not a huge fan of the movies outside No Way Home. Because oh. uh, I feel like I much prefer like when Spider-Man is definitely more the people's hero instead of feeling like like his worth is tied to how he's cross- crossing over to a specific character, a specific movie. Mm-hmm. Like the first movie was Iron Man, the second movie was Nick Fury, and then the third one was uh, that was Doctor Strange. Yeah. There's there's just something that in the moment is really fun because like there's all like at the time when just for people that understand like right now i'm on severe mcu burnout like yeah, especially sure. after especially after this year so i'm not i don't feel as hot in, in the mcu as i used to be back then when i was still very high just the idea of seeing spider-man interact with like a universe that we've seen be built upon there's something really cool because that's one element that makes comic books cool knowing, knowing that there's like yeah. a grander world around it and out of like at least the first two like homecoming and far from home the thing I do like about Homecoming is that at least it tried to ground Spider-Man. It kind of like in such a smaller, smaller scale tale on top of like Michael Keaton being such a fun, uh, such a fun villain. Like mm-hmm. he made the Bolter cool. Like, oh, who, I never who, thought who, that was possible. Yeah, no, it's like even in the freaking games, like the, the Bolter is just so lame. Mm-hmm. And the only time that the Vulture is like even worth it is like when he's part of the Sinister Six, as we yeah. see in the game. But it's like uh, that was like the only one that I had fun kind of like I said, okay, this is different. I like kind of like the difference. It's just to me it didn't really stick with my mind because uh, it didn't feel like Spider-Man fully to me because it was too reliant on the technology and all that. I do like at the at the end they did try to make a point of like if you're not like if you're if you're if you're not a hero without this all this tech like what are you yeah. at least they try to attempt that and then they walk up back at the end a mm-hmm. little bit and then obviously they throw him in the avengers and he's fun in the avengers and all that it's just like i feel like i prefer spider-man one personally more as a spider-man tale but i think homecoming is definitely a more fun movie far from home i feel like it strays so much for I, it, that's definitely my least favorite of those three and the thing i love the most about uh no no way home felt like a teeth a thesis statement of uh, of what spider-man is as a character and yeah. finally it helped refrain that trilogy as like no this is the or like our own version of the origin of the spider-man that you know and love when you see the end of that movie they basically like quote-unquote course corrected the deviations and mm-hmm. now that, that Peter Parker feels like what you expect, like a I'm more a, down-to-earth hero. It's a, I'm a Jake Gyllenhaal Mysterio fan, so I did like Far From Home, but I did it's enjoyable. Enjoy. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, it's 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 very enjoyable, especially when the twist happens halfway through yeah. that movie. Yeah, that's when yeah. that movie like comes alive. Yeah, the, element, sure. the elemental stuff. Did not like that. I did not like that at all. But like, I'm I'm also don't really like when heroes go outside of their their bubble, their jurisdiction, mm-hmm. so to speak. So I'm yeah. like. 
I, you know, like for me, like I don't necessarily like, um, and this is a weird thing. This is like a weird nitpick on the movie side of the fence. I don't like when my hero or my protagonist is like uh, a American or European character mm-hmm. that goes outside of their bubble. Yeah. Like that, it's always weird for me to see like, um, like a character that's like, oh, this is like an American spy or this is an American like superhero, and then like their whole movie is in Europe. It's mm-hmm. like I'm. I'm always like staying your bubble, man. I like they have European yeah. superheroes. You know yeah, it's like it's like, like it's interesting at the moment, but it's just not what makes it special. So I, yeah, that, that that was kind of like what Far From Home was like. One that after the high left off, it was like, yeah, I'm. Yeah, this didn't really stick with me too much, and uh, and and it, there I say like for example, like to me like the quote unquote worst Spider-Man movies is always between Spider-Man three, uh, Amazing Spider-Man two. And maybe far from home, uh, like until kind of like the weaker ones. But there's something, for example, that uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two is a movie with incredible highs. I like Amazing fact, Spider-Man Two. In fact, like the highs are so like such, you see it a lot in these games that we're gonna yeah. talk about. There's like a lot of that spirit was there. The spectacle yeah. was incredible. That movie is horrible when it try to like build a cinematic universe out of thin air and like try to throw so much at the screen and all that. That it's like there was a reason why we didn't continue. It's like all the world building crap that they added with that one just hurt the essence of what was like what was like probably the coolest representation visually of mm-hmm. Spider-Man saving like the initial like I I go watch the f- first fifteen minutes of that movie uh, like when he starts like falling down which is what you yeah. can do with the game when you press l3 and then he's just like being the friendly neighbor in spider-man that is spider-man to me and uh, that movie that. yeah and that movie is so disappointing that it was not more of that yeah. if it had just been that man it could have been like they would have probably found a way to tie that into like the mcu if it was yeah. like more like because it's mm-hmm. like I, re- I did like andrew garfield's uh the picture even though he was a little too cool as a peter parker it feels i i, I feel like uh he at least him and suit perfect i feel like he 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 got he got the he got he the is jokes. a bit too skater and um, yeah exactly exactly yeah. it's like you don't need a, you, you need your peter to be a little bit more humble he was too cool for to, to be peter parker so. i need him to be a little more nerdy too and mm-hmm. i'm like he was a little bit more like i he could be the the lead character in a new tony hawks pro skater if i'm being honest yeah <laughs> he could be the new lead character but mm-hmm. Alejandro, before we begin with our show, I do want to ask you one question. I know you're on uh, MCU burnout, like, mm-hmm. and I think it's superhero burnout because yeah. I think you said DC on the other side. Yes, you're not in really the other side, of there, yeah, yeah, I'm not feeling like too high. high. Are you watching The Boys Gen V though? I actually waiting uh, oh. for to binge it. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. that, did you like The Boys in general? Yeah, I love Boys season three. Oh, the Boys yeah. season three was great. Um, and I, I kind of like, yes, the voice is very uh, cynic, can be very cynical, but it's so sharply written that mm-hmm. its cynicism works for me in a way because it's, so it's also because it's also like a commentary on current superhero craze, especially the voice. Uh, the voice season three really hit the nail with that. With that, it was like so. This is the, the season three finale was slightly disappointing, but that was a really great season. Like, like it was yeah. like the escalate, like the escalation. Herogasm, enough said. Oh, so How funny, that, yeah. so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like it was. It's kind of crazy, like, and and I I do like Invincible. 
I will I make an just, yeah. I was just about to ask you. We got a new trailer for Invincible Season <laughs> Two. Let's go. Yeah, it's like that. I'm gonna make an effort for that because it's kind of different. I feel like that. What that shows me is that I'm probably burnt out on the Marvel and DC stuff because I mean it, it's it's been so ever present for me. Like I watched the Arrowverse shows like completely. Like I saw all of it. Uh, that, you have failed this city. Yeah, you have failed the city exactly. Uh, I saw everything on HBO Max or so the Titans slash uh, Doom oh, Patrol. Yeah, and. Uh, so it's like I've been very in it, so I'm kind of like um, I'm sort of an hypocrite because I'm kind of like rewatching Smallville right now. But kind of like I justified is like uh, Smallville was my first ever TV show, and I'm feeling very nostalgic for that show recently. Uh, now that the Arrowverse has ended, and most of those shows were birthed from Smallville, but I feel more kind of like I feel more warmth and fuzzies towards Smallville than I do now the Arrowverse because it's like I remember that was like how I got into TV and an interesting like an interesting deviation of like an interpretation for something like Superman that for so many people, they it's such a tough not to, uh, tough not to crack. Yeah. So yeah, I'm waiting for to, to for Gen B to like f finish and I'm just gonna like blow through it on a Saturday because I usually have a lot of free time on Saturdays. So <laughs> <laughs> It's really good, it is yeah. really good. So everybody, it is time for our topic of the show. We are talking about Spider-Man 2018, AKA Spider-Man Remastered if you have a PS5. And we're also talking about Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, Alejandro, you're you're like a, I guess you could say encyclopedia when it comes to these mm -hmm. things. How well did both these games sell? Um, so I know overall, the last time they gave uh, big numbers was like 33 million to get combined. Mm -hmm. That's so, good. So yeah, so I don't know if they've already updated that number. I can imagine it's already close to 40 million because uh, obviously 2018 Spider-Man game is like to this day the best-selling PlayStation exclusive probably ever. And Miles Morales is one actually next to Ghost of Tsushima. For PS5 start to become more available, Y game was always charting because mm -hmm. everyone was kind of getting those games like uh, when they were buying their system, Miles Morales. Like, and also Ghost of Tsushima. Like, they, they were like always there. So it's like, huh. Probably gamers are buying both games often, but yeah, it's like, uh, it's like Spider-Man is like far and away like one of Sony's biggest successes when it comes to like first-party self-storage. So. Okay, so and here we got um, they reviewed pretty well, like yeah. if memory serves me correctly. I think Metacritic has um, Spider-Man. Let me say it. Twenty-eighteen is eight. It's an eighty-seven, uh -huh. and Miles Morales is an eighty-five. Yep, you are absolutely mm -hmm. correct. Um, so yeah, I think this is th these games have been really good. I mm -hmm. I've enjoyed them. Um, I don't think they're necessarily perfect games, but mm -hmm. they're some of my favorite games of all time. What do you think about these games? Like yes, like yeah. at, based on the first time you played them, not necessarily yes. yeah, not not, not 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 the replay. Back in 2018, the most impressive thing about 2018 Spider-Man to me was see, finally seeing one of these games, which I had been playing forever, mm -hmm. in a version of these games with. Spider-Man 2 on PS2, Spider-Man 3 on the PS3 and 360, Web of Shadows, Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. Seeing the open world Spider-Man game with the graphical fidelity of a first party, kind of like the yeah. what you what you what you expect from the from the platform that gave you a game like Uncharted or The Last of Us or even God of War that scene that came out that same year as 2018. Kind of like seeing the uh, seeing an upgrade in presentation. Uh, and you can see like the money thrown at the screen and every and, and, in every moment you see it it was like it was finally seeing that spider-man was finally finally getting the respect that you saw from the arkham treatment where it was like when uh, like going back to the arkham uh, arkham trilogy it was like 
after so many sh borderline shitty Batman games sometimes, with the exception of a few good ones here and there, like Batman Vengeance all the way back in like 2002 or three. Uh, that was more was basic. That a good game for real? Yeah, Vengeance was good. Rise of Sinsu was bad. Uh, okay. Dark, to Dark Tomorrow was horrible. Uh, Batman Begins was okay. But before okay. Batman Begins, it's like, it was like, no, not a good reputation that Arkham Asylum was like, no, it's like, this can be really good. Like, one of the best things that can come out in a single year. Spider-Man, the last time that it was considered that was Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man suffered so much the Activision annualization of like, this is good, yeah. do it again, and do it again, and do it again. In PS2, that worked because it was easier to make games. By the time we got to the PS3, like Spider-Man 3 was like Spider-Man 2 again in HD, but like way buggier with bad decisions. And it was like, it was a huge disappointment. Uh, then we got Spider-Man friend or, friend or Foe, which was, let's beat them up. A kid beat them up. Not great, but it was like, it was for kids. It was it fun was right. for the, for, and then uh, Web of Shadows is contentious. Uh, very fun game to play in chunks. Very repetitive, awful visually like in presentation in voice acting and everything some amazing moments like black suit spider-man getting to tear wolverine in half which is like yeah. absolute hilarity but it was like yeah it was like the quality wasn't there then you get like a little blip of hope with shattered dimensions in 2010 i like shattered that, dimensions that it was like mm -hmm. not an open world but kind of like hearkening back to the ps1 like level based game and the first taste we got of spider-verse like with the yeah. four different universes and them like being so ambitious and like four different universes four different visual styles and it was like it had more ambition than you would expect and then activision was like that was good do it again edge of time terrible then i was like no i'm not amazing spider-man let's go back to open worlds be nuts like try to do that um amazing spider-man a lot of good ideas in fact you see a lot of those ideas fleshed out in 2018 like that game walked for this one to run and then amazing spider-man 2 bad game the one Not that right. killed the one that killed uh the license for activision that was like when marvel was like you're done we're taking that out now we're doing this ourselves so in that context seeing a spider-man game that has a lot of elements of things that i played before but done so well was like it felt good because it's like man it really feels good to see people take superhero stuff seriously oh yeah at least that at least that's what that was kind of like my impression like one of my best impressions and on top of how fun it was uh how great the story overall ended up being that even though it could be by the numbers in specific elements i kind of mentioned that a game basically do spider-man 2 and there's elements of that here in like the main plot where this one over like transcends it's by the numbers nature is the strength of the characterizations of peter parker mary jane the uh, the two main villains which we're going to talk about later and a nice curveball they threw at the end that then one of the movies co-opted recently that was like a very bold moment that i was like yeah this is this feels like my spider-man and uh, that's what I love. And then, uh, uh, I, I don't know if you, I, I, if you want to talk about Miles Morales now. Uh, no, no, no. We'll save it for yeah. a second. We'll save yeah, let's it. save it. Yeah. So that, yeah, that was my initial impressions. It's a perfect. I... It's a perfect though. I will leave that for later. But yeah, I want yeah. to hear that for you. I loved uh, when I, I remember playing this at launch, and I, I was tempted at, even at even then back in 2018, which was like what five years ago or mm -hmm. you know five which years is ago. Nuts. Now. It feels yeah, longer. Absolutely. It yeah. feels, yeah, and I feel all the old man that I am um, thinking that, oh my goodness, that was five years ago, but like, that was roughly around the time that I stopped staying up all night playing video games, especially mm -hmm. when the release time came up, but yeah. that was one of those times where I wanted to, where I was just like, oh, this is amazing, like, 
it was i am i've been a superman fan my whole life or it's mm-hmm. not superman but like superhero fans my mm-hmm. whole life and i want i love those games i love and i want those games to be like the triple a games that i experienced with uncharted and mm-hmm. god of wars and uh, the last of us i want those to be in the, of that same quality i would love my dream scenario in life would be like if i can get a green arrow game that is made with by i guess by xbox that's uh-huh. same quality as arkham right now would mm-hmm. love that i would love another batman game if i'm being honest mm-hmm. that, that wasn't like gotham knights squad or <laughs> gotham knights yeah, yeah. <laughs> would love all this but like so seeing my dream come to life in spider-man 2018 to where i'm like oh the sunset overdrive people really love sunset overdrive oh they mm-hmm. nailed this like swinging on a web is so much fun like mm-hmm. oh this feels like real peter parker this feels like i'm watching a saturday morning cartoon of spider-man just like i did growing up mm-hmm. but it's everything i love about just that. fairly more adult because this game can get dark <laughs> oh yeah it gets dark it gets dark <laughs> but i love that i'm like mm-hmm. so i i really enjoyed this game and launch and it's one of my favorite games of all time um just speaking right now but like just just out of that feeling though of like oh they absolutely nailed this because i didn't know i didn't i didn't know insomniac was going to do this like yeah this was their like moment of stepping up uh yeah. because this was like if you have to remember because even on they're basically now sony mvp studio they were not a sony team when they made this game they, this game was kind of like them repairing their relationship in a way because uh after resistance 3 in 2011 uh Insomniac kind of went on their own. They started doing multi-platform games. They did their first true critical disappointment in Fuse, which used to be called Overstrike. I think, uh, did I talk about this with you in the show or maybe in an episode that probably hasn't aired yet? Yeah, but, sure. uh, but, but yeah, it's like, that was their first critical like flop, let's say. like For a studio, it usually has a very consistent record of great games. And then uh, they... Uh, they courted with the other side with Xbox. They did Sunset Overdrive, um, the one of the only few notable exclusives for the Xbox One, even after that entire generation was done, and it didn't really sell well there. Uh, but they learned a lot making that open that kinetic open world game. That then when Marvel uh, came knocking, and they kind of like offered Spider-Man to them, and Sony got a whip a whiff of it and kind of like leveraged their position. They had just gotten with Disney with their marvel team up to put spider-man in the mcu and all that because that's kind of like the misconception uh it's like these spider-man games are not sony exclusives because sony has like the movie rights they just yeah. leverage their position to make a good deal with uh with uh marvel for, for them to get that like yeah had negotiations gone different this could have been multi-platform it's just that they uh, at, at the point was like they were able to do this deal in a position of power with the ps4 and also if you're an xbox fan you got to be furious with leadership back then they rejected doing a spider-man game they marvel keep to xbox first to be like you want to do that and then xbox was like nah we want to do our own stuff <laughs> so it was like it, it, things could have been so different you just imagine turning that down and seeing like what this like what these games eventually became both commercially and critically so. masterpieces basically at this point i'm like why you fumbled the bag man you fumbled the bag but anyways we um so it is incredible like how well these games have aged but we'll talk about that in a second but before we get into that alejandro i want to talk to you a little bit about this plot for for a second yeah you you um did your homework you replayed spider-man 2018 about yeah. morales um this game is about a little little um unknown entity named peter parker uh, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, this is looser. That is just yeah. like barely, like it barely scrapes by to pay rent. Yeah, we haven't heard of him very often. Yeah, fumbled it back with his girlfriend for some reason. Alejandro, are you ready to get into this plot a little bit? I'm ready. Plot, All right, let's plot, start with plot. Act 1. Act 1, um, the players take on the role of an older, more seasoned Peter Parker around the age of 23, who's been roughly Spider-Man for roughly eight years. He is immediately thrown into the fray, helping out the NYPD captain, Captain Yuri um, Watanabe. 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 Yeah, Watanabe, <laughs> yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah, brings uh, and bringing Wilson Fisk, aka known as one of my favorite villains of all time, the Kingpin, to justice. Having yeah. finally put Kingpin behind bars, Spider Man winds up, um, catches wind of a break in at the auction house, storing Fisk's collection. Fisk, I said Fisk's. Yeah. Fisk's <laughs> collection of artwork and priceless artifacts. Facts. Upon arriving at the art house, Spider-Man runs into Mary Jane Watson, who's on site to do her own investigative journalism for her position at the Daily Bugle. The pair is no longer together. They're no longer boothing. They haven't broken yeah. up months prior to it. Some say Peter fumbled the bag. Some say mm -hmm. it was MJ. After the discussion about MJ not being worth saving with Spider-Man 2, I don't know. But we'll see. Um, but at this point, MJ is fully aware that Spider-Man and Peter Parker are AKA the same person. So, Alejandro, this is just a little bit of um, Act 1. We'll call it the first act mm -hmm. of ha Act yeah. 1. What do you think? What do you think of the intro for Spider-Man 1? One of the things that I really like about the intro is that how it just throws you into the Kingpin arrest, which uh, it really feels like you're, you basically started this game in what would feel like the end of like probably another Spider-Man game because like it's so kinetic. It doesn't waste your time. You get like, if you know Spider-Man, this game respects that knowledge that spider-man is a popular character you just get it like especially how it starts with like the pan at the at, at, at the apartment it's like if you pay attention to all the little details of that of that apartment everything you need to know about spider-man is just thrown in there like if you have any knowledge of the character it's there it's kind of like the one one of the things that that i did like about something like homecoming that is like they didn't waste any time with having to re-thread the origin or things like that. Like the, the big problem with the Macy Spider-Man reboot of having to go through all of that again, like treating audiences like morons. Like this game didn't do that. And I love like when a game can like catch your attention. And that's like what this game does with that Kingpin element where you learn the combat, you learn the movement and you learn everything. And then you see like how this game is trying to aid the Uncharted style, like cinematic set piece that you can interact with a little too many quick time events that that's certainly old school, but it definitely looks cool. And you want Spider-Man to look cool. That's what the intro does. But uh, but, but but yeah, and then it, it and then like uh, it also throws you a little bit of curveballs with how this game also has a very stop and start pace to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm um I'm one of those people who, you know, at first I was critical of quick time events and mm -hmm. games in general, but like. I don't know, it was something about being Spider-Man in those moments where mm -hmm. everything was yeah. so like fun and whipping around and everything was on fire. And, yeah. In like, twenty eight in twenty eighteen, more acceptable because it was like you never seen Spider-Man like this in video game, like this cool looking. <laughs> you know, I, I'm one of those people that, you know, as time goes by, I think I'm I don't really care like mm -hmm. uh, that games have quick time events as much as I did like a couple of years ago, I think a couple of years ago when we were kind of in the, I guess you could say the heyday still mm -hmm. of quick time events, maybe it, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. It kind of felt yeah. like it was overused. Yeah. And I think what Spider-Man does well is that you do a lot of cool stuff 
by yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not all reliant on quick time events because that was when uh, you do basic combat mechanics and then everything cool is in the quick time events. It, at least this game feels like it allows you to feel cool and be cool in the like in the stick. What was like, the last oh, um, game that you remember being like majority quick time events? Um, let me. I'm trying to. That wasn't like a Detroit becoming. Yes, you know, exactly like because it, because it's like th- those were like the bigger offenders. That is, that's basically all the gameplay. But it's like that's yeah. what those games were. Uh, I feel like quick time events like started to like lose uh, kind of like its dominance even like in at the end of the PS3 generation. It feels like uh, I was thinking that it, as well because it was like uh, I feel God of War Ascension was one of the last ones that. And that, at that point, it was like they were the originators of doing the quick time event thing. It's basically uh, we're tired of this. Please move on from this. And then even something like uh, the launch Xbox One launch game, Rise of Rome. Almost everything, every, almost everything you did that gameplay wise that was quote unquote cool was all quick time events. Like the base, the the combat was yeah, like was super basic. Cool yeah, <laughs> it's a, a pretty game though. <laughs> the, the, definitely it the was pretty. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> It was pretty. I, it's just so forgettable, man. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and what's so bad about it? I was kind of looking forward to Rise of the Rope was coming mm-hmm. out. Because it was like, it looked so cool. It was like, it felt like the kind of system you want to show off. Like, I spent yeah. this much money on the, on, on, uh, <laughs> on the system. I want to show it off. That, that was basically that game. I think that and, um, what was it? Um, the Order 1886. Mm-hmm. That was my biggest disappointment. So that was it, those generations. Yeah, and those were initial exclusives. It yeah. was just one was launched, the other one came two years later. Yeah. Order filled even more disappointed because it was like we get we basically got the launch day style tech demo two years later. They wrote yeah. like I feel I feel similar to both of them. Yeah, the both of those are rough, but yeah, I, I like the intro of the intro of Spider-Man. That the fist tower part, mm-hmm. even though it is like the tutorial part, didn't really feel tutorial mm-hmm. in, in that time frame. And that that's why it's so perfect as an yeah. as an intro yeah it's so good it is so good and it gets you in the world like just snappy mm-hmm. just it gets you right in there as being peter parker you want to take um you want to take b if you want yes so they're continuing with act one the reunion is short-lived as the auction house is quickly taken over by a hostile group of masked gunmen who promptly steal a file that mary jane has secured before they showed up the contents of the file contain information on a substance called devil's breath which sounds none too pleasant Thus, the estranged couple agree to team up to investigate the masked intruders and figure out what they're planning. Peter's balance of being Spider-Man while maintaining a real life comes into play in the next chapter, as he heads off to work as a lab assistant for Otto Octavius. The pair are working on components for mechanical artificial arms, but the scene is cut short when Major Norman, Norman Osborn shuts down the lab, giving players their first look at the, into the contentious relationship between Octavius and Osborn. Uh, so, I kind of mentioned before that I feel like th- th- this game is like it's really great, but it has some imperfections. This is like this is kind of an example that I feel in story it does really good, but in mm-hmm. gameplay that's kind of where it falls short. Kind of like where, where I took over from here it was like Mary Jane uh, being at that art art auction. It's like it's one of a, a couple sequences that happen in this game where you play as her, and yeah. those and, and you're something's forced to do very basic stealth or a lot of puzzle solving, and it just gra- it, it just grinds the pacing to a halt, especially because uh, the game doesn't feel better to play than when you're in Spider, like when you're just playing a Spider-Man. And then this game takes you takes control away from you of playing a Spider-Man, not just with M- MJ, but also the other character that 
it's also the start for the other kind of sub-sequel. And it does that back and forth, which I understand they do it as a way to like expand and show like different perspectives and all that. But it, those are the moments where the game doesn't feel as fun. And like, for example, uh, when even when you're uh, when you're playing a Spider-Man and then turn to Peter to go to uh, Otto Octavius, which by the way, again, the beauty of surprises, they kept Octavius hidden from yeah. all, mar all marketing. It was like, they overexposed this game a lot. I'm thankful that Doc Ock wasn't even with that. People could theorize in the last demo they showed at E3 2018, it could have been him, but it was done in such a way that a lot of people were like, is that a Green Goblin? Like, even a lot of people thought that was going to do, but no, they actually did out Octavius. And not only that, he was the pillar central to a lot of like this game's story. And especially his relationship with Peter. I love the story between them and seeing them interact. I hate the puzzles, the lot puzzles that happen in those sections where you oh, have to like... Rough. Yeah, you you have to play like connecting electricity things, like play like do different coloring. The game even offers you. I think this was patched later. Uh, it's immediately also available on the remaster. You can skip all these, all these yeah, puzzles. Yeah, you do it through the start menu, right? Yeah, you you can do it in the start menu. Uh, I think it was initially in accessibility, and then you just moved it to options. So it's like my theory is that when you're offering the option to skip a chunk of your game, why was it in the game then? <laughs> that's uh, you, that's usually kind of like my mind. It's like it's only here to just pad, and that's and that really hurts this game's pacing because it can be frenetic, and then it it slams the brakes. <laughs> so you take people, from here. Yeah. Some people really like um puzzles, mm -hmm. though. You know, huh? The what? <laughs> I, I say I guess some people really like puzzles. You know? Yeah, but it's just different. It's like I feel like a, you don't play a Spider-Man game to stealth around with a non-Spider-Man character and do lab puzzles. It's, it, they're just really peculiar choices <laughs> yeah you're not lying you're mm -hmm. not lying um so yeah i i'm right there with you it's like um i do like some elements of um the doc ock story i love that doc ock mm -hmm. and norman osborne relationship and you know like i love the, the back and forth that they have mm -hmm. i like yourself don't really care that much for the mary jane stealth part mm -hmm. of this this section of the game and yeah the science part you know you can take it or leave it i would most likely leave it yeah. because it is a bit long and and kind yeah. of yeah and something redundant. that i'm gonna add a little bit because i feel like i hate the sections more in hindsight yeah because they're rough and replay at the yeah. moment when you're learning about the story and all that, that helps massage it a little bit. But yeah, it's like it's something now looking back, I'm like, yeah, it's like yeah. this could have just been cutscenes and you could would have still like conveyed the thing because again, like what this game does best is a story. So. I know, I, and it seems like they were trying to get out of the the cutscene uh, mm -hmm. world there, so they kind of limited that a little bit because mm -hmm. this game does have cutscenes, but it's like that era of PlayStation kind of limited the amount of cutscenes that we saw. Yeah, you know? and 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 they made sure of transitioning cutscene into gameplay as often so that you always felt like you were not just watching. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting um it is interesting indeed so let me go with the next part of the game um peter also makes his way to feast which is a non-profit organization dedicated to serving the homeless feast is directed by martin lee peter's balance of being spider-man while maintaining a real life um real life balance comes into play in the next chapter as he heads off to work of as a lab assistant for Otto Octavius. the pair is currently working on components for mechanical artificial arms but the scene is cut short when did you just read this part did you repeat it yeah yeah okay we'll skip it we'll skip that i was like, yeah, I was like I just read that part yeah 
Was it the ChatGPT wrote this? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, you, you read D. You read D. I'm seeing it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Peter also makes his way to, to, to Feast, which is dedicated to serving the homeless. Feast is direct, directed by Martin Lee. Peter's Aunt Maeve mm -hmm. volunteers there as well, acting as Lee's second in command. During the conversation about the masked intruders, Lee informs Peter that they are part of a group known as the Inner Demons mm -hmm. and that Peter should avoid them and the investigation entirely. Of course, this is far from what Peter has in mind. Again, like with, with the thing that uh, this game does well in world building, kind of like, I know, I think Feast became like a big thing after a brand new day. Yeah. And in brand new day in the in, in the comics, but it, this felt like one of the first uh, representations of seeing this represented outside comics that eventually, uh, far from home and even no way home, like co-opted a bunch of this, including the Norman and uh, and an octopus like relationship that never happened in the Raimi trilogy, but it was like assumed had a thing when yeah. we saw No Way Home. So it was like it's like, this game became very influential to like other sides of Spider-Man media. <laughs> so. It's crazy, you know, like good media, uh, like good mediums will do that. They'll often influence like what the comics do and what other like mm -hmm. outlets do. But yeah, it's I like the the story threads here. Um, we this really we didn't really get any major parts of the story here, but like, yeah, some really cool lore, lore building. Yeah. And now we move to Act Two. Act so, number two. Yes. So in Act Two, uh, Spider-Man has numerous run-ins with the demons, but not always on his own. He befriends, he befriends NYPD officer Jeff Davis, and the uh, two work together to bring down some of the demons' operations. At a re-election rally for Major Osborne, Davis is awarded the city's Medal of Honor for his valor. In attendance are Peter, Mary Jane, and Davis's wife and son, Rio and Miles Morales. During Davis' speech, Osborne receives an anonymous call threatening to destroy him and the city. As soon as the call ends, demon suicide bombers unleash a massive explosion upon the rally claiming many casualties, including Officer Davis. Peter is knocked unconscious by the blast, but not before seeing Martin Lee take the form of Mr. Negative and revealing himself as the leader of the demons. This is the moment where the story, like, kicks it up a notch. Yeah. yeah, it's like, this scene is terrifying, especially, like, if you understand, like, the the context of 9-11. Mm -hmm. It has very big 9-11 vibes, like, how it's shot. And this is one of the few, like, perspective changes that happen in this game that I actually do like. Because this is a moment where like Peter actually gets knocked out, and this is when like you actually take control of Miles. As I was trying shocked to go... the first time I played that. Yeah, absolutely yeah. shocked. Because this was also going against like traditional comic book conventions. Jeff uh, Jefferson Davis, Miles, that is usually alive, mm -hmm. as far as I understand. In the, some of the comic stories that I read, and even some of the movie in the the, the Spider Verse movies, which they kind of make a big deal about like his continued existence. It's like this is one of the first time they sacrifice him. And it was like such a gut punch because the few times that you get to play uh, as you're playing a Spider-Man and, and Jefferson joins you, it's such a cool like body cop moment of like him helping you in, like a warehouse, like trying to like bust the bust the uh, the demons, and even like uh, Jefferson saves you in one of those moments. So it was like it you really felt the pain. But that's also kind of like again, kind of what I mentioned. It's like this is where like this game takes in a more adult tone that's like farther from. The traditional, more like uh, family-friendly Spider-Man tale. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's um, it is crazy because like, I okay, so I don't know. Are you a comic book person? Or are you ever going to read the comics? That's the things that I read many of them, or I read excerpts, and then I fill up uh, through Wikipedia because it's like there's so much. 
and I okay. like kind of like I, I get I love getting the cliff notes of it. That that helps me. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right, so Peter Parker always loses Uncle Ben. Gwen yeah. Stacy, um, aka you know like Spider Gwen, always loses her version of Peter. Mm-hmm. Ben Riley, that that version of Spider Man, always loses his girlfriend, um, mm-hmm. Janine um, Godby. Mm-hmm. Spider Man, like you said, like his his dad usually is central to being like um, mm-hmm. central to being like his dad, but it is like. His canon event sometimes is his father, but like lately uh-huh. in the comics, like his mother is the one that actually mm-hmm. suffers that fate. And I'm like, that's one of the big reveals that's happened lately in the comics. But like mm-hmm. uh, that she gets shot by the hands of um by the hands of Venom. Really? Huh. Yeah, by um Conrad Marcus. Oh, so okay. like so not the Eddie Brock Venom, the other No, no, no. So this is still in the ultimate comic universe mm-hmm. though. So oh, like okay. So when Mal's arouses on, on the scene and uses his um, Venom attacks to try to contain the killer. However, like Venom basically wraps his tendrils around Mal's head. Um, so like his mother shoots the symbiote, angering the symbiote. And then in return, mm-hmm. like, you know, she ends it up. She ends up being the one who suffers for it. But so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's always like it's so different in the game that we got to see that moment to where like his like Mal's dad mm-hmm. had that unfortunate incident. And yeah. you're right. That's where the like the story really just turns on the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, it's like it definitely gets more serious. Even like this game plays around with like tonal hues. Oh yeah. After that happens, you see more rain, grayer. It's like they do like they did do a great job of kind of like changing the environment to kind of fit the like the mood that you're feeling with the story. And that's like such a subtle but very effective way that again, it's like it's the the, the little presentational detail that you see in playstation's games in and in, in, in the cinematic from the cinematic nature so act three at number three meanwhile octavius completes the development of his mechanical tentacle like arms which are controlled by a mental implant unfortunately the untested implant has a negative effect on octavius's mind causing him to head down a dark path of villainy as the evil diabolical Dr. Octopus. Fueled by revenge and hatred for Osborne, Dr. Octopus stages an attack on the raft, aka the prison that holds mm-hmm. all the major supervillains in yeah. uh, in the New York area. He does this releasing the prisoners throughout the city. He also employs a few of the more gifted prisoners to help him on his quest to destroy Osborne, the likes of which include Shocker, Vulture, Rhino, Scorpion, and Mr. Negative. Basically, he created his own version of the Sinister Six. So, Alejandro, what do you think about this part of the story? So, it's very interesting that you read this in Act 3, because, like, from the moment of the, uh, Jefferson Davis until this, it's all about Mr. Negative. Yeah, for sure. That is one of the things that I feel also uh, hurts this game, that it has a killer opening hours, mm-hmm. a killer final third. But that middle section that's all about Mr. Negative... Is where you really feel the pace and sag as it's as it tries to like uh, flesh out the, a more obscure villain that we haven't seen outside the comics because Mister Negative was introduced by Dan Slott on the uh, brand new day, uh, yeah. in, in in the brand brand new day like reboot quote unquote after one more day, and uh, I think that is actually cool because being, seeing them take the time to uh, try to flesh out another villain, but he's like literally the only villain that you see, you know, like in that in that. Uh, in that kind of like in, in that big stretch 
before yeah. then everything is thrown at you in the, in the in the final third that it's also very exciting but then as i feels very stuck when you think mm -hmm. hey what if all those villains were also kind of also pepper kind of like you're in the middle instead of feeling really so backhanded instead of feeling so backhanded that then you have to start taking on them like two on two like like two of them at a, at, at a time yeah which again it feels kind of like are they sort of rushing this it's like yes i understand that like how they're framing this is like this is not the first time you're fighting these villains so so it's like I, yes and, and that helps a little a little bit but it's like yes like i feel they deserve a little bit more time especially with how much time is spent on mr negative for them to him to just be thrown of the story like to I, just become like one more villain in like that cadre of villains you know, I don't know what my ideal world would have been, but like, I almost would have loved if maybe everything changed yeah. and like Fisk was the one orchestrating like the Sinister mm -hmm. Six as yeah. far, and that was like its own side story, you mm -hmm. know, and that or was, like, or, or or be like a main story with like its multiple threats, uh, and also kind of like just a correction, uh, it's Electro. Uh, shocker is the one you fight uh oh yeah, yeah. that's true yeah it's, it's electric true. yeah i was like shocker no the shocker is your first boss fight at the bank like in yeah. the first act so again look they threw a shocker in there it's like you could have thrown them in kind of like just for like pacing purposes so so yeah but, but then like it sets it up for act four which is like an interesting uh interesting part let's just say because uh this was basically dr octopus unleashing COVID 19 into new, into new york and opening court you ain't lying you ain't lying <laughs> it you plays lying. so eerie like playing especially in replays and seeing that and like uh it seems like the down there yeah the world shuts down there like it's like old quarantine it's just like pandemonium outside like you see like the people wearing the masks uh, like in the shelters and all like it's like it's like this happened two years before our world ended like in the, at, at, the, at the turn of a century and it's like it's like it makes i think it makes that part more resonant of like how heavy it can be you know it's also very eerie of like art like man it feels weird when real life like imitates art like this <laughs> so, so kind of like four, oh yeah so, i was about to say it is kind of like a good thing this game came out in 2018 at that point because can you imagine yeah. if its release date was scheduled for 2020 they would have canceled like yeah. at least like pushed it back like uh it, look what ubisoft did with, with uh rainbow six extraction it yeah. was originally called rainbow six quarantine they had to push that baby like two years and rename it and rebrand it crazy <laughs> isn't it yeah <laughs> so sometimes it can be like th those interesting timings they're just like they're always funny and fun time capsules so. i will say um you know like this goes without saying everyone we kind of like brushed over this um i at least i did in the notes but mm -hmm. yeah in between act three and act four of what we read out um or act act two and act um three we do end up capturing martin lee for the first time and we mm -hmm. do that that first intro boss fight but um with him think about it from a plot yeah the plot like still makes sense of what i was just uh, i was saying it tells you how little happens in the mid in that middle chunk because it's just yeah. a bombarding really so and, and it makes that and, and you, you, that's when you feel a little bit of the length of this game as like yeah it's like this is great but i'm feeling i'm feeling the pacing issues because there, that's also like you get a lot of you're playing as peter back to mj playing as peter back to miles playing as peter then back to MD again. Do you get that off that, that that too often? That the only fun part that happens like in that middle section is when you're playing as MD at Grand Central Station. Oh, that and, was so cool. And then it's like what makes that cool is that it is a stealth section, but you get to see it from down here. Like this is how like you you play so many stealth parts in this game as Spider-Man as you're like just slinking your way yeah. around like Arkham style and like wait to you press the R3 to see that it's a safe 
an enemy before you do like a like a sneak attack and all that. This is one of the few times, uh, at least half of this, where you get to use MJ and she gets to like call Peter, do this one, do this one. And then She's you a can, puppet master. You yeah, know? And, and then you can pan the camera up and you see like how it looks like. It's an interesting like perspective switch. But then other than that, it's like the pacing still has that, man, just let me play a speeder. Just let me play a speeder. Yeah. And and also this is something that I noticed also more now. Yeah. Then this is something that I'm really hoping it's continued because I feel this was improved upon on the next game. And I'm hoping this also continues. Fighting boss fights in this game boil down mechanically to the same, like, like almost the same. It feels that they are in the, in service of looking cool instead of being mechanically interesting. It's always dodging. L1 or 1, throw something to stun, do triangle web attack, then just wail, 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 probably do the triangle circle, rinse and repeat. And it's the fact that that happens almost with all the boss fights that I'm like, man, it's like all these boss fights had different ways to attack them. They all had their unique mechanic. It sucked a little bit. I've uh, seen that the boss fight itself was not too mechanically interesting, but it was in the service of looking cool. And that didn't bother me back in 20. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you hear me? Do, do you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. Um, it, I can understand that. It, it is one of those things to where I'm like, mm -hmm. I do kind of get it from a de like developer's yeah. perspective, but I also like get it from like a consumer's perspective mm -hmm. of like, it would have been really cool to have those fun, um, fun different kind of like boss fights. Cause like, if you mm -hmm. remember like the, we were just talking about like the Nether Realm, um, mm -hmm. um, Spider-Man games when he was, um, never soft, where, mm -hmm. never soft yeah, mm -hmm. my bad. I was Mortal Kombat in the brain, but like, yeah. uh, <laughs> but like whenever we were, whenever you fought Mysterio was completely different for then like mm -hmm. everyone else. Like yeah. the way Rhino's fight was like completely different than everyone else. Mm -hmm. It would've been nice to see that here. Yeah. And then even Rhino, like if the only thing that's different with him to try to get him is for him to rush him, and then you press R1 and R1 to bring down some stuff to stun yeah. but it was the same where attack and then just well as press square 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 until like they can do like an unblockable attack and all that so it's like i felt that more especially because i feel they at least make more mechanical strides in the next game and that, that's something i feel like i'm gonna attribute it as a first time developer working yeah, on a sure. spider game game so it's like again this game is really great people it wasn't perfect we mentioned it at the top it had a lot of room for a potential sequel to like improve upon and that was one of those elements that i noticed especially more in the in this recent replay and even back then i was like yeah this is cool not mechanically but at least like visually <laughs> so. all right act number four alejandro take it away yeah so act four the group manages to keep uh, so the, the group that being the sinister six manages to keep spider-man busy as he rounds them all back up during which dr octopus is able to steal the devil's breath and release it all over Times square affecting thousands of people uh, including Aunt May, whose health declines dramatically. While Spider-Man tends to uh, the city gripped by chaos, Mary Jane searches for a cure for the Devil's Breath outbreak. She stumbles upon Osborne's secret laboratory in the penthouse, where she learns that Lee's hatred of him stemmed from childhood, when he was a test subject for early Devil's Breath studies, when Osborne and Octavius were partners. The test was too overwhelming for Lee at the time, causing him to accidentally kill his parents with his newly acquired powers, and creating a lifelong hatred of Norman Osborn, who is primarily responsible for creating the deadly substance. Mary Jane figures out where the antidote is located and tells Peter, who promptly swings his way into battle with Lee. Thanks to some assistance from the newly trusting Silver Sable, Spider-Man defeats Lee a second time only to be greeted by Dr. Octopus, who takes the only sample of the antidote with him after beating Spider-Man to within inches of his life. With no time to let his wounds to heal, 
Peter builds an armor outfit better suited to weather the devastating punishment of Dr. Octopus' arms. It withstands the test as he defeats Dr. Octopus and reobtains the Devil's Breath cure. Unfortunately, time and the amount of the sample are not enough to create a mass antidote for the city and save Aunt May. So, I think I lost Sebastian a little bit there. You hear me still? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> Sorry about that. I had to, man, my allergies whooped me down. I oh, was okay. having a sneezes session. Yeah. And I think I read Act 5 because I didn't, I, I didn't <laughs> see that Act 5 thing. So I basically read everything until uh, you couldn't save Aunt May. So that, but that's basically Act 4 could be all literally. Oh, all yeah. That. So, so it's like you're just like in that period of time in the final third, you are uh, you're rounding up the Sinister Six. I can't, I can't tell. It's like they pair them up so you fight two of them at a time visually cool while still doing kind of the same thing mechanically with, with with all of them and that's pretty much all you get there's an interesting interstitial there where uh you fight uh scorpion but scorpion poisons you and it feels oh, yeah. like an hallucination a hallucination that's so straight out of the arkham asylum scarecrow moments mm -hmm. So, and it only happens once here, but it was like an interesting take on, yeah, there's like, they definitely played Arkham and they wanted to do like an Arkham uh, visual like mess of a, mo uh, of a moment that they did and, and they did it with Scorpion, even though like then you fight Scorpion with Rhino after you do like a little stealth sequence with uh, Miles, which it's kind of tense because you're trying to escape from Rhino. It's very different as you're, it's very different you being a more wimpy uh, non-superhero trying to escape yourself from like this towering Russian brute. See, and then just, <laughs> see that reminded me of um neversoft's game remember like because mm -hmm, you couldn't yeah. like touch the ground and mm -hmm. it, it was one of those things you always had to stay swinging on like skyscrapers because uh -huh. you couldn't touch the ground exactly. and, and and this is why this i much prefer that happening with mouse than the fight afterwards yeah. because it was like you like it played to the strengths of like what you expect from rhino that's usually a very traditional rhino thing very different seeing it from a perspective of a non-hero yeah, and really it's is. like it, it felt terrifying and like in a way one thing i do like about how what this game does is that usually this very stupid villains looking villains had a sense of threat to them no like they basically and, and that i'm like yes yeah, like it's like usually this is like they're, they're the definition of like the campier side because obviously uh spider-man has more scary villains and i we pretty much know of two of them that are scary that are going to be in the sequel craven and venom so it was like it's it's they man, they managed to like make the non-Dr. Octopus villains kind of like feel like a threat in this one on top of like what they do with Martin Lee which story-wise is kind of really messed up kind of like what we learned around this time that it was like Lee is a creation of Norman and uh and and Dr. Octopus yeah so so, so, so yeah and, and uh but and again kind of like that's really cool but uh it's to me it's kind of sad that then it after how much time this game spends building up Martin Lee that he became he becomes so disposable in service a, a footnote in 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 service of the dr octopus and norman osborne kind of like dynamic that happens there um i would say though the one thing why i say that this does the spider-man 2 thing better than uh spider-man 2 like movie the, mm -hmm. the raimi thing dr octopus becomes a villain because he's like obsessed with the power of the sun in the palm yeah. of your hand and like uh how like uh his first experiment became a failure and then he he, he let the tentacles take control of him and basically kind of like uh submit to him no you have to do it again and do it bigger and nothing's gonna stand in our way nothing <laughs> that was <laughs> so campy man yeah, yeah it's like, it's not, again it's like that camp 
I love the camp of yeah. the of the trailer trilogy because like they that was just the time. But in this case, like why uh, Doctor Octopus kind of becomes a villain is like he's been wronged by Osborn. He's been like he was wronged heavily, like after they were like lab partners. He is deteriorating, like neurologically. You see that deterioration happening, and every time that you go interact with Doctor Octopus in, in those interstitials at the lab, that then when you see that when he puts the tentacles on and then they affect the innovation his innovations and he starts kind of kind of going crazy you don't entirely disagree on why he is going on this rampage no no because he was wrong yeah so it's like and it put it creates like an interesting moral quandary as spider-man still trying to save norman even though he learns the legal stuff that norman osborne has but obviously like in the back of your mind you know it, this is very subtle but you see it especially in that scene where MJ goes to Norman's apartment and you mm-hmm. see like the diaries and all that. It's like, yeah, Harry was an element here. Harry's yeah. not in this game. Or so you think. Yeah, for sure. And uh and and then you you see that they're adapting the his like the sickness that, that that's like basically killing him. It's basically cancer without being cancer. From what I understand, it's just kinda like some w- weird, weird different name for it. It's the degenerative disease that uh, killed his mom also. And uh, you can kind of imagine the reason why, like Peter, even attempts to try to save Norman is because he, like, there's history with them, with Harry. Even oh, though, yeah. like, you, even though you know that, like, Osborne was in the wrong, like, what he did, especially how he did all of this uh, to kind of like improve his political ambitions. But then, as you read through like the notes and all that, he has been like working tirelessly. He's been using the funds of him being a politician because he's trying to save his son. Because he because he uh, he lost his wife to the same disease, so it's like the motivations for why things happen in this game are so human, are so morally gray, and it's it, it's not the black and white campiness of just a villain, and that's what makes like the confrontation with Doctor Octopus, especially like near the end when Spider-Man creates that suit, that like black metal suit to fight him like a so tower, cool. which is like the most basically cool battle of this entire game that ends up with that really amazing battle with them like standing at the side of the building and just like fighting and just like the cinematography of that of that moment and kind of like the music and like the emotion that uh peter finds out that uh that doc Ock knew his secret as yeah. far as like that moment at the beginning of the game where he's making the he's fixing his suit and makes the one that we see in this game with like the big white spider and how, how sharp of a betrayal that feels for for Peter because he was so connected to him you in know, a way in a way that was even more connected than when Toby Maguire's Peter connected with uh, Doc Ock, which for him oh, was yeah. just like a professor that he admired. Because it's more of, of a mentor Ron. figure, uh-huh. but not like not like to this degree. Not- exactly. So, and this is kind of like the power of a video game because by it spending more than two hours and letting you be like in those moments and interacting with a lot of those through arguably boring gameplay sections. Again, kind of what I said, like it, those are rougher in replay, but it's like, that is that is building your connection to normal. Like you're building his, like his, you're, you're basically, you created your own building here. You like, really did. In, in the goodness of your heart, because like you're more aspiring. And even then at the end when like his, he removes his chip innovator. It's like, yeah, it's like, they're talking about, they were going to change the world and all that. And that's like really, it's like really bittersweet. And like, really really greatly acted in like those final moments when oh yeah peter has peter has to like walk away but then like nothing like the gut-wrenching moment at the end where you get the typical parker luck the impossible scenario this devil's breath slash covid19 virus 
we got one yeah. cure. Yeah. There's and only just... one, and there's all, and you need it all to create it in mass. But you can either create the antidote or you could save your aunt yeah. May. Uh, exactly. And Doom and Terra Plan was as Peter does, like he like he takes the high road and decides to save humanity at the expense of his aunt. But, but not be I... but not before his aunt tells uh... him, take your mask off, I want to see my nephew. Again, yeah. no, again, like another review, like the two people that you see that were very connected with Peter, they knew the secret. They didn't tell him anything about it. They knew about it. They were proud of him and at a certain point. And just that, that powerful moment of seeing like Anne May succumb to her disease. And even that moment where he almost like breaks and then yeah. plunges, plunges in the syringe and he was about to like put the cure and he was like, no, I can't. It's like with great power comes great responsibility and that bears weight. And I'm like, you didn't even need to hear that. But if you understand, uh, Uncle Ben's lesson, which even when you find Uncle Ben's tomb, it, as it's part of a trophy, it's hard to find. Oh yeah, yeah, and, you found the grave, and, and, and then you find the grave, and you interact by Prison Triangle. He says, "Triangle, always trying every day, Uncle." So it's yeah. like, you, you, it's like, again, this game understands Spider-Man. It understands like the tenets of the character, and sometimes they they don't even have to like drive you like at the top of the head for that to hit. If you understand it with great power comes great responsibility, you understand the you power know. that comes you know. with his decision to let May die. On top, being one of the first legit Spider-Man medium where we lost Aunt May, especially after the normal version of the comics flirted with the idea and always walked it back. One of so, them walked it back so severely, created one of the most horrible Spider-Man stories of all time in one oh, yeah, Yeah, so. for sure, for sure. It, it's one so, of those things to where I'm like, we never really got that. We never really got that gut punch because we didn't get to sit with it. It wasn't mm -hmm. a permanent thing. And in like Insomniac's thing, in Insomniac's game, it's a permanent decision. I'm like, mm -hmm. you, there's no Mephisto to basically, you know, mm -hmm. walk this back yeah. with. It is like, there's not that. And then there's also like, you know, like we didn't get that gut punch until spoiler alert people in No Way Home when the same uh -huh. thing kind of happens yeah. in a very different way. But like three years later, but you can tell that they saw it and they're like, let's try to do this. And to their benefit, because that really helped yeah. create Amplify stakes and, yeah. and, and, and create stakes that were missing in the other in the more greasier two first two movies on design because it's different. That, that No Way Home was like them finally treating everything real and because they were finally transitioning Spider-Man to what he needed to be. So I, I was gonna say this earlier, but like like um Spider-Man and Batman have this habit of like creating their villains, but they're also villains to where like they're human, where they have like a real reason for wanting to do what they do. Like everyone who's ever had a loved one that's been sick can can like empathize with Mr. Freeze. Everyone mm -hmm. who's like yeah. had been through financial troubles can like can emphasize and uh, like feel what like mm -hmm. empathize and feel what Dr. Octopus was going through with um like his fall from like his fall from glory. You know, like mm -hmm. everyone can feel that. Everyone can feel everyone's had that moment to where we are like our pride kind of got in the way and led uh, us to like kind of like act act out a little bit. Like we all can feel that. When Mr. Negative, you know, like, even though he was a footnote, like, mm -hmm. the best villains are the ones we can kind of, we can kind of, like, humanize a little bit. We can kind of relate to. And I feel like this game does that so well. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and does it in a way that you didn't, never saw that in the other games. So. I do want to say, like, um, before we begin, before we go on to our mm -hmm. next game here, I want to ask you, like, I have here on the uh, like at the very end of our docket here, mm -hmm. um, 
I, I kind of hid it down below because I didn't mm-hmm. want you to see it before we started this episode. Yeah. It's a ranking of the villain mm-hmm. here. You played the game just now. I want you to rank who you think the best villains are in Spider-Man 2018. Yeah. Now, this could kind of get us to talk about the boss fights a little bit because we kind of yeah. breezed over that. Yeah. So ranking the villains uh, for me, especially after recently playing, uh, for me, for sure, Dr. Octopus is like not the number one villain that you like fight is, is with a bull. It's like, it's not even close. It's the one that the surprise factor of him being in the game at all at first. And then like you seeing the slow building of him going uh, from mentor, from partner to villain as he does. And, and, and in a way for him to, to feel like uh, you, that you feel the weight of through the actions of your character as the story progresses like you're like you birth your own villain and the pathos like never leave because of that and again doing doc Ock but better than the last doc Ock story i saw in spider-man too so it's like but with a bullet for number two before before we go with number two i'd Mm -hmm. like to make a proposition to you yeah number two not just the best villain in storytelling but Mm -hmm. the best villain boss fight wise who would you put it because i I think I'm going to throw out someone as our number two, and I want to see if you agree. Yeah, I can send mine. Or just, go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. I was going to say Mr. Negative. Oh. Yeah, because I was thinking, uh, especially the couple, the couple fights that you have with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like the the one at in, in the the first Dreamscape that it's at the uh, at the uh, at the Norman Rally when he first teleports you and then the one that you do the train where you have to like be like dodging and all the that train one was and, pretty cool and then the final one right before dr octopus beats the living crap out of you to take the serum yeah you, you fight him a lot uh, and in initially when they were building it it's like at least it's again like kind of why i say that he, he just became some footnote is like they were building it so well you fight him you fought him so often that it, it, because the other ones are just kind of like just quick uh, quickies basically mm-hmm. so yeah that's up to me i feel like mr negative should be like a number two when it comes to like the villains but i want to hear yours i think i'd put tombstone as number two I yeah like, i can I yeah like I, I can see it with, I, I can see it because it's like with tombstone he's associated with like the only side quest in this game that's worth a damn and yeah and he had yeah. a real like story uh, to it and exactly I was like, because uh, side quests in this game are like so anemic they're yeah. so fetchy especially uh, when we talk about uh the next game it's like that was one of the big things that i saw the improvement that at mm-hmm. least side quests felt like more like missions instead of like launch for sure instead of like what it was that i feel like a uh, tombstone i would put it as a number three to okay. me personally just that. because uh, just just thinking of like how often you find mr negative and how much this game built the mystique of mr negative before just being taken over that's why i like to put mr negative as like a, a number two but i would put him as a number three is specifically because it's like a mechanically it's interesting like trying to fight him like when you play like when you fight him in like his garage and like the and the idea of him be like the indestructible one even though again a lot of this game like to me like so many of these uh boss fights are so interchangeable because of again the mechanics of yeah. them like the mr negative one at least had interesting the uh, dr octopus one also felt different slightly different not just the same way uh, aided by the incredible spectacle at the end so oh, okay so i i'm in agreement here we got dr octopus number one mr negative number two number three we got um are we gonna put tombstone there i, I would put tombstone because it at okay. least has something more unique to him especially like as you see him more okay. and it, it's less like tombstone as a side quest um uh, villain at least has something that differentiates him over 
let's say scorpion rhino shocker electron bolter yeah to me that which again the five of the sinister six here to me those are like in at any order maybe i would rank them which had the cooler visual which probably is electra at the top yeah, and then every cool. and, and then i would put scorpion beneath it because of the cool sequence where he mm -hmm. poisons you but fighting him is like so weak because you'll fight him with like with rhino those yeah. would be like my bottom five is just trying to figure out kind of like the middle one after tombstone i would put kingpin oh okay yeah okay. as a if we're talking about villains of like that you fight uh because like the nor for example when i think of norbert nosbert he's technically a villain but he's just so story that mm -hmm. I don't know if I could like put him here, but it's like really cool how much about the story is like he's at the in, in he's at the center of so much of it. So yeah, but I would put Kingpin because uh that intro is like going to Fist Tower and how it's, it's like so cool. It's it, it, how it's like it, it, how it's paired up with like you learning the mechanics and like the, the probably one of the greatest tutorials a game has ever had because it's just quick, snappy, you get it, and uh and it's just spectacle and uh and the fighting the turrets too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like having to throw the turrets, like he throws everything at you, and mix it with the, the the quick time events. Like the king, that kingpin has to be like number four. That scale very, feels really good too. Yeah, and I would even make an argument maybe like if we want to put like main story, kingpin could be number three either. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And, and especially that sequence where you're falling, uh, like mm -hmm. falling in the middle of king, uh, like kingpin's tower, and you're punching mm -hmm. him on the way down, and he's trying yeah. to like wrestle you while y'all are falling down that that's so cool it, that's end game end of a game like type of like fight oh yeah that's, that's why like, the kingpin yeah you know what i'm i convinced myself we're flipping yeah kingpin is the third best boss fight of this game okay gotcha now. gotcha so yeah but then i would put tombstone as number four as I, because it at least had something compared to the other five clowns <laughs> all right, so the, we got so, from the so sinister far we got Doctor yeah. Octopus, Mr. Mm -hmm. Negative, Kingpin, Tombstone. Yeah. Next up, we got our fifth spot. We're gonna give that to the Scorpion, Taskmaster, um, Norman Osborn being story based. He yeah. you don't really do anything. Rhino, Shocker, Electro, or Volker. for story for, for I, I want to throw kind of like I said divider here. Yeah. I would put Norman as a number five to me personally because I'm, because I'm, a lot I'm of uh, a lot of uh, what motivates our number one or two villains yeah for sure osborne so so yeah sure. so that's why i would put i would put him there if you fought norman maybe that would be a different oh a yeah different tale <laughs> so, i'm gonna say know. uh i'm gonna nominate taskmaster for that sixth spot i like the taskmaster yeah, part. taskmaster because it's like uh, it's the, the um the idea especially of how mm -hmm. it's tied to the side quest and the challenges as he's learning yeah it's like at least it's very interesting and again it, it, it adds a little texture to a more long-term activity that you're doing again why do you sinister six are all at the bottom for me is because they're just like footnotes yeah, literal footnotes sure. because of when they're thrown into the story so, so all right yeah, so I'm, we're now gonna hit the sinister six part looks like we have scorpion rhino shocker electro and vulture i'm gonna be honest with you i really don't have any ink any caring about yeah. what order you want to yeah. put these in as long as i would basically personally put shocker last though yeah i don't like that shocker I, fight at yeah all. exactly because it's like a, it, it's and he was the first taste of the similar boss fights that happen everywhere and it's just in a very enclosed environment in this game the bank and in this bank. game is like if there's something that this game has a problem with and i wonder how that's going to be solved in the new in the new one it's like this game's amazing outside mm -hmm. indoors a little problematic it, yeah. it gets it gets problematic and i feel it, 
I feel the shocker fight has that. And uh, I would actually like uh, how I would order it personally would be like I would I would put Scorpion at the top just because of that sequence. Okay, I'm from, fine from, with that. From, from this one because of that. That's when you get Sting, and that's when like New York gets like the the pool of poison. I then you go into the yeah, and then you go into like the dream sequence where you when Peter's having that conversation with like the consciousness of Oct Octavius, and so there's like some story element to it that I want to put it there, even though I feel like dealing with him as a boss fight really sucks. So and then after after him, I would put uh, Electro beneath it. I like that. I yeah. like that. So Scorpion Electro. Then Rhino, then Vulture. Okay. I'm yeah, because with Vulture is literally just perfect dodge, press triangle. Perfect dodge, press triangle. And also, he's just a footnote of when you're finding an Electro, but because with Electro, you have to like web him, sometimes web degenerators at the same yeah. time. So it's a, you, you need a little bit more strategy, but again, they throw both of these boss fights at the same time. So it's like, it's very, at least Electro stood out more to me than Vulture. Again, Vulture sucks. He rocks yeah. in Homecoming, but Vulture just sucks. <laughs> so. All right, so let's pivot to... Um, we did have some listener questions for this mm -hmm. episode. Remember, everyone, you can write in just like these people can. You can either write in on our single-player experience Discord server. You can also write in at the thepronerdreport.com slash the contact page. Or you can send me a carrier pigeon to Texas, and I'm sure that pigeon will find its way. Um, I've... You want to take the first question? Yes, from Twisted Pizza Boy. What is your favorite suit to wear in the game? So, I have this personal thing where the Spider game can throw me so many different suits. So many, such a variety. I dabble slightly and then go back to the normal one. I'm a very traditional player. Like, the I'm just like, like the, yeah, the, the normal, the, the, the normal with like the big white spider one, the one in the, okay, from the okay. cover. So I do that yeah. often, but then I would dabble like here and there before it was patched because this was a patch close to the first DLC. Mm -hmm. My favorite suit originally was the, uh, the amazing Spider-Man C, uh, what's the, what's the, uh, cell shaded. Oh, that was nice. That yeah, was this, really this cool. show, because it looked so good. It reminded me of Shattered Dimensions. It was not seeing how well it worked meshed oh, it together looks, with the art style looked very so, flawless that, yeah that was my favorite suit until the raimi suit the raimi suit i put it on and when i was doing the dlc and yeah the raimi suit was like yeah i was like man, i feel like i'm playing a hd version of spider-man 2 now it uh, was like it was it, it was very nostalgic that way so yeah those would be my two suits and in the pen again like prior to raid the raimi suit being added for free it was that cell shaded one and then that raimi suit um i am a little different like so i played most of this game with either the classic suit like the spider-man classic suit because uh -huh. i'm just i'm a sucker for that one or yeah. the stark suit which is like the one we mm -hmm. got from uh captain infinity America, war. civil war oh civil yeah, war, the, yeah civil war okay yeah because um infinity war was um infinity the war. gold one the gold one right yeah, yeah the, the, the iron one with... spider oh, okay yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I get i get those sometimes confused when I saw my brother, when he was also playing the game at the same time, my younger brother, he was using that that suit too. I will say yeah. I do like um, the vintage one where it is that uh, cell shaded one, like you were talking mm -hmm. about. I do like that one. It's it's so seamless. And um, oddly enough, there is a there is one that I feel like because I think some of the suits when they get wacky kind of uh -huh. go kind of like break my immersion a little bit uh -huh. and. But there was one suit that never broke my immersion because I I think it still like looked I guess somewhat classic. The one with the jacket. 
Yeah, the last yeah, stand. Yeah, 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 the, yes. the leather jacket one. Uh, I was like, oh, that's so cool. Where I'll, I'll you, like, like red hood. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. And uh, I actually like when I was still clearing up some of the uh, some of the cycles because I got the platinum trophy for this game back then. Like yeah. I got it within the week of this game coming out. Like when I was doing just random uh, the, the random crimes later on, I put that suit on. Oh yeah, but it's so it cool. felt cool. It felt cool with the tone because that's when yeah. like all hell broke loose, and that's yeah. post him recovering from getting the crap beaten out of him by the sinister six of the raft and all that. So it feels like you're in your your mm -hmm. um um you're in your dang. I just said the character's name now. Uh, the red hood. The red hood. It, yeah, it feels like you're you're uh -huh. in your red hood phase, like your Jason Todd phase, so to speak. Yeah. But uh, all right, so I want to read the next question out. Is by Stan Op. Did you enjoy the side quests in the main game? I hate some of the, I hate some of them and love the others. I never want to see Pigeon Man again, though. Personally, and is what he said. Stan OP, you define specifically why it is the big problem with the majority of the side quests in this game, other than the ending of the, uh, uh, what was his name, Tombstone? Yeah, uh, yeah Tombstone. at the very end of Tombstone uh, side quest they didn't feel like they had any thought put into many of these cycles they felt very fetchy especially there was one where you go talk to a student from uh one of the schools where that had the halloween the, the, oh, the halloween yeah. party mm -hmm. and then apparently so many people got lost and then you have to kind of like go all over the city to try to find them and then fight them and go, go back in again and again and again and again there's so many cycles of this game that just don't like register for me as something other than tombstone, the tombstone fight that's yeah. the only one so yeah. it's like I don't feel Insomniac did a side quest well in this game, so I didn't quite have a lot of fun playing. And uh, the game is not long enough that I still went through them again just to kind of see them. And it just like mm -hmm. reestablished my feelings because I feel very strongly in my dislike of the side quest in 2018, which is the opposite of how I feel with the other game. Yeah. So I'm on the I'm on the same side as you and Stan OP, except for mm -hmm. the fact that I do like the backpacks. I don't know for some reason I yeah, just like collecting the back, but, but backpacks I don't consider them like uh, side quests to me. I, I can consider as, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. I like collectibles, especially like I love doing that because the collectibles is like you have a reason to that. Those mm -hmm. collectibles fill up the eight years. Oh yeah, and the uh, lore, all the, the lore. lore, exactly. Yeah. And it's it's always funny like checking them out. I guarantee to hear the dialogue that Peter has. Like so, it helps world build. So that's what makes a backpack cool. It's just, oh. and then like some other activities like the Harry Osborne laughs are so oh, I hate like, those. I hate those be, and the pigeon man. Exactly. Yeah. The At least the pigeons, there's only 12 of them. Yeah. At least it's, it's a little, but as like, those laughs is the fact that you have to hear the cuts, you know, Harry explaining something that he wanted to do and then do the activity. It's just the fact that they're not like this. They're not quicker. You can't skip. The explanation mm -hmm. you have to hear is and if you're trying to do that if you're going for a platinum run holy crap it's like it's uh those are rough and again and, and then i consider the cycles the blue triangles that you find in the map oh yeah I, the blue yes. triangles yeah yeah mm -hmm. so i think that's what uh that's what stand op refers to and the only one to me that's notable is tombstone yeah so. i do like um i think one was it the black cat in the main game or was that the dlc yeah. so there is, is it... black cat activities where you that's find, how you like, get the black suit, right? Yes, that's how you get the black suit. And uh -huh. then, uh, like, like for Black Cat, you have to, like, find something, like, through a scope in specific places. I don't consider those side quests either. Those are just, Still like, collectibles? Yeah, it's just, a coll just a collectible activity. So, okay, so um, I like that one. I'm trying to remember the other ones because, like you, I just mainlined the main quest for mm -hmm. the, this recent playthrough. Um, yeah. But I do like... Um, 
Let's see. I do like a lot of the collectibles while we were talking about it, though. I do like the. I the do like Taskmaster. I, I like Taskmaster's challenges. Oh, those are fun. Yeah. Those are yes. fun. Yeah. Again, not a side quest. Those yeah. are just like side activities. So. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Let's go on to the next question then. Um, yeah. I do believe this is John Stevenson. You want to take this one? Yeah. What do you think is the best set piece moments in the game? To me, I have three. Uh, it's the crane that is like. A, Love it. Love yeah, it. Yeah, which. Ironically, two of the best ones were demo. They were demoed at E3 2017 and E3 2018. The crane, the raft, and extra shout out to the final boss fight with uh, with Octopus. Just like yeah. I, it was staged like a set piece at the top of that tower, uh, all the electricity going around, the cinematography. Like that was like a. This game had like a, Insomniac figuring out the cinematography, especially not playing it again in 2018. It was like they were still trying to figure out like some camera placement and transition i feel that that final fight is when they really nailed it in that in and in, in, in the dr octopus fight so i would say the dr octopus fight at the end is probably my bet that my the best set piece of the moment especially the transition like to the that. side yeah to the side that was yeah. so cool the side of the building oh that was so cool mm -hmm. um yeah i i'm right there with you all three of those all three of the big major set piece moments and then like I, uh, my... let's give a shout out to kingpin also that was technically set piece too oh yeah that yeah, one so. that one was really good and then i want to shout out like um we talked about like how some of the inner like inside the building stuff was a little rough i do like mm -hmm. the grand central station like set piece mm -hmm. yeah when th that one where you are doing the mary jane set uh like still is the best mary jane, is the best mary jane sequence of the game yeah i like that one as well but um yeah this game had a lot of good self uh like set pieces uh Let's see this next question by Trey Lindsay. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite boss fight in the game? Do you like the inclusion of the Sinister Six? It felt it, it felt like it was forced. Yeah, I think we already said which was yeah, my number basically. one, so that's been answered. Did I like the inclusion of the Sinister Six in concept? I do like it. I don't like that they were so late. Yeah, because I wish they were early a, in the game as well. Yeah, they could have that middle section. I tell you, is like that. This game is a sandwich with amazing bread. But the meat is kind of like weird because of the, because of that kind of like middle section of the game where it's all about just Mr. Negative. It's like you could have easily peppered those other villains in, especially because you get the idea they're going to do that after they do Shocker. So you're like, if that's what you're going to do, maybe they can keep throwing, especially if they're not going to be so important to the story. Yeah. Because they they serve the same uh, the same point for the story at the end as they could have had if they had just been thrown in just to help with pacing at least have more of a one on one moment with them. Is the fact that you've beat them two and one, like those two and one fights. That, that tells you everything they were thrown in. Yeah, so, exactly. So it's like, uh, I'm glad that they were presented. I feel the intro to them in the raft, really cool. As it just keeps escalating. Oh crap, here's Electro. Oh wait, there's Rhino too. Crap, Scorpion is grabbing me while I'm in the middle of a phone call. Here's also Bolter. Oh, so Mr. Negative is going to be member number five. Interesting. Okay. That's an interesting transition after he was like the main central villain of the game. Oh, and here's Dr. Octopus. Their interest amazing, especially how they just beat the living crap out of you at that, like at, at, at that ceiling before like Doc Ock just like grabs you and throws you away. So oh, man. it was really good. Yeah. It was really good. Um, do you, it looks like that is all of our questions for Spider-Man 2018 slash Spider-Man remaster. Before we go though, um, do you have any last things you want to say about Spider-Man 2018? Uh, Spider-Man 2018 is a really great game. Um, I enjoy my re like I've replayed this thing three times. So the original one when I played it back in, in PS4, when I got my PS5, I played remastered uh when I got it with with, with Miles Morales. 
And this was my third time replaying it for the purposes of this show. I feel it's a really great game that on my third go around and now five years later, it's a game that had a lot of like tiny little things that definitely had room for improvement when it came to pacing, how some of the boss fights worked uh, in side quest activities. I feel like back in 2018, uh, because they nailed the spirit of Spider-Man, the presentational aspect was like such a leap from where Spider-Man had just been mm-hmm. that at the time, yes, it was like an, the perfect example of what a proper license game could be, but definitely not perfect. And just based on how I felt like with the immediate sequel, I was very pleased to know that Insomniac agreed and they did take feedback into account and it's only only goes up from here so i feel it's it's a worthy game to still play right now but it's like if you have heard the greatest superhero game ever and all of that just know that there are some imperfections that at this point in time maybe will like dent it a little bit especially if you see how it's improved since then so and also the dlc and also the dlc sucks (laughs) oh you didn't like the dlc at all it's like it has great moments but it's like the combat the combat balance was like out of whack uh Mm -hmm. what happens with hammerhead at the end was like stupid with the cyborg stuff Uh, i like the yuri parts Uh, yeah jury is like again there's like really great parts like uh, the uh, the unraveling of uh, of jury was really great Mm -hmm. like because it was like a really great character that's your partner like losing losing it during like this this hammerhead investigation was like one of the cooler parts in the middle of that DLC. And then what, and seeing the story advance a little in the DLC, that was kind of cool. And I did enjoy the black cat, kind of like like some insinuations and just the idea that they were kind of twittering for spoiler alert, like black cats start saying that they she needs to rescue a daughter or a son or something like that. And there's kind of like, she's kind of throwing it and you start thinking crap that like, because it shows that Peter had a relationship with Black Cat at a specific point, kind of like in the comics, because they're yeah. like, she, Black Cat is Catwoman. It's basically Peter's Catwoman. So yeah, for sure. It's like, sure. kind of like that. I really love this generation that it may have been a thing and Peter may have like scored. He, he might be a baby daddy. Everybody <laughs> yeah. might be a baby and then daddy. It, and then it ended up being like a lie and all yeah. that. So I was like, so I was like, oh man, I really enjoyed the idea that they were going to toy with him because they, comics and not toy with that's so again it's kind of like yeah it's like i love it when this game takes chances and then they just like quickly like reel that back in and I, w- I feel like i feel like the dlc it's only enjoyable if you play it in the easiest difficulty it's like there's just something wrong about like the combat in that in that area it's like some stronger enemies the balance is out of whack the stealth the stealth missions felt like uh more of a chore than in like the main game so it's like it had good parts, but I feel like the DLC is so below the part of like how great the main campaign is, even with its pacing issues. No, so the about... screwball challenges alone got me furious. Ooh, yes, yes, I, I, I didn't want to say it. I was glad that you didn't even mention screwball. Yeah, and well, <laughs> so... everyone, thank you so much for listening to us talk about Spider-Man 2018, aka Spider-Man Remastered. If you're playing on PS5, thank you so much, mm-hmm. um, Alejandro. Where can the good people find you? You can all find me at a underscore Dorsegobi on the Twitter slash X. You can find me uh, on, on threads and Instagram at Alejandro Segobi at 93. And then you can find my written content at both seasongaming.com, my current reviews, and also the criticalcorner.com, which may have a Spider-Man 2 review there. So I'm going to like use it there. So, yeah. Where can people find you, Sebastian? Man, y'all can find me at thepronerreport.com or you can find me here right here at the Single Player Experience Podcast. 
the premier podcast for signing up good single player games to play. If you like what you're hearing, go ahead and um, hit us with a like, um, hit us with a review, and also don't forget to hit us up in the single player experience Discord server where you can write in just like all these other people did, aka um, Stand Ups, Master Leaf, Rock Lee, um, Trey Lindsay, uh, John Stevenson's, uh, and Twisted Pizza Boy. Shout out to all of y'all for writing in for this the uh for this combo duo anyways i've been sebastian that's been alejandro scovia until next time by the way this is there's a part two coming about spider-man hell yeah yeah (laughs) so everyone listen to the next episode anyways part two coming see y'all soon bye peace out So that's a wrap for today's episode. I want to give a special shout out to Alejandro Segovia for being on the show today. I also want to let you know about the Single Player Experience Discord server. It's the perfect place for single player gamers to talk about the good single player games they've been playing lately and to get video game recommendations. Think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers. The link to join will be in the description. Once you're in, feel free to share your video game backlog list, talk about the good games you've been playing, or Give your feedback on the show. If you have a game that you think should be recommended or that you think I should talk about, let me know in the Single Player Experience Discord server. I'll see you there. Before we go, I just want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Stay safe, stay gaming, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Peace!